Oh my god. Oh my god. <sighs> okay. We'd better just play before I cry and have another breakdown. Everybody. Welcome back to Tales from the Table. Uh, my name is Cloud. I'm the dungeon master and creator of this adventure. And around our virtual table we have... Uh, Athanasius. Flower. And Caden. All right, you guys. Last time, uh, our heroes finished their revelries at the Juicy Cheese Bar by speaking to a local farmer, Alma, who told them rumors of strange goings-on. A severe earthquake, flashing lights in the sky, and an area north of town that Roskill and Associates has been keeping cordoned off from the public. Uh, the next morning, they met with Captain Vertinia to receive their very first assignment and discover the truth behind the rumors, the ruins of the ancient city of Kazadros, once buried underground and lost to time, have erupted out of the earth and are now floating in the sky. Uh, Vertinia tasked the party with helping her penetrate into the heart of the floating city in order to retrieve an ancient magical artifact, which may be the key to understanding what's going on. As they approached the ruins, however, a perimeter guard informed Vertinia that another employee was mysteriously killed while on watch the previous night. What wonders and dangers await our heroes in the city in the sky? Find out right now. All right, you guys. You guys uh, are currently in a wagon i believe uh you guys uh are with vertinia and you are coming up uh on the ruins you guys sort of like just caught sight of them floating in the sky pretty awesome sight we could penetrate them ruins yes haha yeah uh penetrate the ruins okay i maybe should think a little bit more carefully about my choice of words next time i write that all right let's go penetrate some ruins then all right so, uh, as you guys, you're in this wagon, uh, and as you approach uh, the ruins and you get closer to them, you can see um, that there are sort of these wooden buildings uh, that have been constructed underneath. Uh, you see there's a tall wooden tower uh, surrounded by several shorter buildings and a lot of scaffolding. Um, and that uh, tall wooden tower reaches up to, um, like, the floating piece of land like for lack of a better term like an island like the island that's closest to the ground so the one that's like easiest to reach uh, they've sort of built a tower up to it um you see a bunch of workers they're all in those dark gray uh rascal and associates uniforms and they're busily scurrying around the site uh some of them are like working on construction they're like carrying heavy wooden beams or they're working up in the air hammering and sawing and putting stuff together um, in fact, uh, you guys even spot a familiar looking bugbear. Um, you see, uh, your pal Tarn, um, he told you that he had been hired to work on construction and this is in fact what he was hired to work on. So he is, uh, helping carry like a load of lumber, uh, over to the construction site. Um, you can pick him out easily cause he's, he's got an eye patch. It's Tarn. I'll I'll wave several of my arms at him. 
<laughs> okay. I don't think he necessarily sees you. He's pretty far away. And he's kind of like focused on his work. But you... I'll shout then. Tarn! Oh, okay. Yeah, he, I think he glances over. And uh, he, his arms are all full because uh, he's like carrying a bunch of these like long wooden beams. So I don't think he can wave back at you, but he smiles. Cool. I give him a sly wink. Okay. I don't think he notices or cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah okay so yeah Tarn is there he's working um the workers they're building sort of like additional outbuildings this like t- original like tall wooden tower that goes up to the floating island looks a little bit older than everything else it's maybe like a little bit more weathered um so it seems to have been there for a while and uh Virginia leads you guys inside and there's a staircase uh leading up and when you guys get to the top um, there is a rope bridge um, leading uh, from the sort of platform at the top of this tower um, up to uh, the first floating island. Okay, what kind of rope bridge are we talking about? Like the rickety variety? Yeah, so like, okay, like you know how in like movies, like I don't know, like Indiana Jones or whatever, there's always like the rickety rope bridge like over a gorge. Like this is not that. Like this is been constructed fairly recently and well maintained so it's a pretty safe rope bridge but it is sort of like swaying in the wind Caden crosses the bridge okay Caden crosses the bridge it's very safe Virginia just like strides purposefully out across this bridge um just she she doesn't seem to have any fear or any trouble so y- you would think that if she's okay crossing the bridge it's probably pretty safe I think Athens gets to the middle and then, like, maybe takes a couple, like, quick hops to make sure it's sturdy. Okay, yeah, it bounces a little bit. Uh, anybody else who's on the bridge at that point is maybe going to be like, oh. Yeah, Kate, Flower's right behind him and sort of at this point realizes how much he doesn't like being in the air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fortunately, you do have four arms and, like, a prehensile body. So, like, you probably have, like, the the most appendages to grab onto things if you were to fall <laughs> still yeah it's not great right it's it's not great it's also probably a little hard like separated planks of a rope bridge probably i mean you're very muscular though oh gosh am i getting splinters no i mean you've got nice hard scales i mean you're used to slithering around i mean like when when you're in the city like in your home city of relish like there's tons of like it's like buildings and stone streets and stuff but if you're out in the jungle like hunting or whatever like you're gonna be slithering all over all sorts of hard terrain you should yeah that's true yeah okay yep and uh you guys get across this rope bridge which is kind of scary but you're gonna be going even further in the air that's great Caden loves this <laughs> yeah does he though because like Caden's like air and storm magic are like a recent development he's having so much fun because he's just never been up this high before okay okay cool um okay so yeah you get to this sort of like first island um which uh you know looks fairly large and it's got a section of ruins on it um you can see there's like a wall and like maybe some like partially collapsed buildings as well um, and when you guys get up there, um, Virginia sort of leads you guys in through a collapsed section of this sort of like outer wall. 
Uh, and inside, um, you guys are sort of in like a hallway and you can see that it's lit with torches and they're all mounted in like nice, shiny new brackets. Um, so it's very well lit. Um, and then, uh, as you walk down this hallway, eventually, um, there's sort of like an empty archway, like a, like a doorway. And, um, as you guys pass through it, you are then inside a vast, uh, empty circular space. Um, there's sort of like piles of rubble scattered around, um, and sort of like sections of a staircase that are sort of like spiraling upwards around the outer wall. Uh, but the tower's roof is gone, so it's open to the sky. And on the opposite side, there are two more uh, doorways. Uh, and Virginia sort of, she's walking pretty briskly. She seems to know where she's going. She's sort of leading you through um, these ruins to a particular place. Um, and she leads you through another doorway. And then you guys catch sight of something that looks pretty familiar. Um, because at the end of this hallway, um, there is an enormous stone door uh, containing a familiar sight. Uh, there's an inner circle with eight carved images surrounded by an outer ring that's embedded with eight colored orbs. But there are a couple of key differences between this puzzle and the one that you, if you remember, you encountered uh, a puzzle really similar to this in the mock dungeon you went through. First of all, this one, um, and in fact, the entire door that it's on, they're cracked in half down the middle um, with like one half of the door sort of like slumped forward. And that creates a gap uh, through which people can pass into the next room. Uh, secondly, um, the scale of this puzzle is much larger. Uh, it's like at least twice as big as the one that was carved of wood that was in the mock dungeon. Uh, and this one, if you remember in the mock dungeon, um, what you did was you lined up the outer ring with the inner ring, and then you sort of pushed in a button in the center when you thought you'd solved it. Um, but this one doesn't have a button in the center. Uh, it actually has a hole in the center, this sort of like circular depression that's about like a foot in diameter. Virtinia uh, doesn't really pause. She strides right towards the gap uh, that's being created because the one, like, half of this cracked slab is, like, leaning forward. Um, but as you follow, uh, you can see that the orbs in this version of the puzzle are, like, actual real precious gems. They're not just colored glass. Um, and you can see the carvings in all their intricate detail, um, uh, Athen, if you remember, uh, like you could tell that there were runes worked into them and that helped you solve the puzzle the first time. Yeah, I was I was going to ask if the runes are on this version of the door as well. Oh yeah, definitely. The carvings are, are pretty much identical. Um, it's kind of, uh, I think the way I described it in the mock dungeon was that it was like someone had, cop like an artist had copied them without maybe quite realizing what they were copying. Right, you'd said that I could get the gist of them, but they like weren't quite correct. It would be like if I showed you a picture of a Chinese character, but you don't write, you don't know how to write Chinese, but I told you to copy it. You would be able to draw out the shape, but it it wouldn't look as fluid as it would if someone who actually knows how to write Chinese had written it. Right. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, you see this sort of broken version of the puzzle that you guys solved in the mock dungeon. Uh, and then if you guys uh, sort of stoop through this sort of gap that's created by half of the stone slab being slumped forward, uh, you go into the room beyond. And uh, this is another circular room. It's still very large, uh, but it's smaller than that first uh, sort of uh, tower you came through that was open to the sky. Um, this room's ceiling is intact, um, so there's more torches in here. And in fact, uh, the room is really bright. In addition to the torches, um, like some lamps have been placed on the floor and on some wooden work tables because there are other employees in here uh, sort of uh, walking around and making notes about the stuff that is in this room. Uh, the first thing you see is that in the center of the room, there's a large circular pedestal of carved stone. And again, this one is pretty much exactly like the pedestal that was in the mock dungeon that you retrieved the crystal orb from. Um, but it has also been cracked. Uh, some chunks of it have like crumbled away. And just like with the puzzle uh, that's on the door, this pedestal is about twice as large as the one in the mock version. It comes like all the way up to like the top of Athanasius's chest. So it's tall. In the center of the top of the pedestal, there's another sort of like circular indentation um, that looks identical to the one in the broken puzzle. And radiating out from it are a series of strange carvings. So these are a little hard to describe. They're not like pictures or runes. It's not like a language. Um, they're, it's more like lines. Uh, and they look sort of like the lines of a maze. Like if you saw like a like a printed maze on paper that you were supposed to solve um, with all those like connecting lines. Um, that's kind of what it looks like. Like a circuit board kind of? Yeah, uh, actually a lot like a circuit board because it's not just lines. There are also circles mixed in with that. So there's kind of like these weird carved patterns. They sort of radiate out from the pedestal in the center to the walls. And um, in the outer wall, there are eight evenly spaced niches, each of which is about 15 feet high and several feet wide and deep. And six of those are empty, but two contain uh, some fragments of what appear to be stone statues. So one of the niches uh, just has an enormous pair of cracked feet and legs. And uh, another one has sort of some like crumbly bits and then the like largest piece that's there is looks like maybe like the portion of a torso so there's not a whole lot left um but all the other employees in the room uh are sort of walking around you can see they've sort of like outlined all the pieces that are on the floor in chalk uh like kind of like they would do at like a crime scene um and they sort of put those little like tent labels by them like labeling what each thing is uh, uh, so that they can take notes on them and stuff. Uh, and some of them are like making sketches. Some of them are taking notes. Some of them are, are have like brushes and stuff like that and are like cleaning dust off of stuff. Um, so as you enter this room, uh, Vertinia sort of turns to you guys. Um, this is where she was leading you and, and something she wanted you to see. This is pretty much as far into the ruins as we've been able to make it so far. One of the difficulties we face is obviously the nature 
of the islands themselves, the fact that they're floating, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's a little bit difficult to get from one to the other. We've had some success in throwing cables and building bridges, but, you know, we can kind of only pass from one island to whichever island is next closest to it. This island here has proved to be a, a very rich archaeological find. But apart from these, and she sort of gestures to the statue fragments, um, you know, we haven't really found much of value here. Uh, this room was probably some sort of armory. We're not exactly sure what its purpose was, but, you know, from all the legends we've heard about the city, these sort of stone golems were sort of what the city was famous for. Uh, they were its guardians and protectors, and uh, not only did they do battle in times of war, but they did manual labor in times of peace. It's sad that this part of the city sustained so much damage that uh, none of these golems remain intact. Unfortunately, we haven't yet been able to penetrate any further into the ruins than this, we have managed to make it to the next island. The first party we sent about three months ago when we first managed to come up here, they made it to the next island, but they unfortunately never returned and we lost contact with them. The second party we sent to try to figure out what happened to the first, unfortunately, there was only one survivor and... Uh, that person was not able to give us very much helpful information about the nature of the threat that they faced. Apparently, they were attacked in the dark rather suddenly, and uh, the person was not able to get a clear view of what was attacking them, except that whatever it was could move very quickly and unfortunately kill quite swiftly. Oh, oh, we're fine. We got this, right guys? Caden's just standing there, just wide-eyed. Like, like I'm imagining, like, stiff as a board, his hands are at his side. Like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, we got this. I selected you for this mission because I believe each of you has specific skills that are, are going to be essential in reaching our goal. Not to worry, uh, Mr. Onyx Cobble, I'm quite a capable fighter myself, and she sort of pats the sword at her side. And uh, uh, Mr. Flower here, I have full confidence that he will be able to help us eradicate this threat, uh, whatever it is. I'm not sure, it's just a conjecture, but we've now lost yet another employee in this endeavor, and I can't countenance losing any more people on this mission. It's it's critical that we press ahead. So Caden kind of just like, he like, gives like the fakest smile you've ever seen. And just, like, a thumbs up. You're like, sounds great. <laughs> Athen, you're really quiet. What are you thinking? I mean, I, I said that Athen was like, yeah, we, we got this. Like, he's okay. he's all confidence. He's full of um, confidence. Before we go any any further here, Cloud. For the love of God, stop saying penetrate. I'm sorry, man. Like, that, I don't know. Like, that's just, look, okay, Virginia, she's like a very proper person. It would never occur to her that you would think of penetrate as like, you know. Like, that's just, that's not how her mind works. She's like one of those very proper people. Uh, so she's like, yes, we're, we're going to penetrate into the ruins. And we've penetrated this far already. And then we're going to do this next level of penetration. And then we're going to come out. And then we're going to penetrate again. And then... And then we're going to penetrate again. And then we're going to pull out. And then we're going to... We have yeah, to dive I... as deep as possible. 
Oh, yeah, we're going to penetrate all the way into those ruins. Yep, yep. And she's saying that without a hint of irony whatsoever. Just stone-faced. As I think Athanasius is, like, fidgeting and, like, getting more and more uncomfortable. Oh, he's, like, he's giggling to himself, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. yep, okay. He's like, man, I've never heard someone say penetrate this much. <laughs> I checked to make sure Caden isn't, like, about to bolt on us. <laughs> or pee. Yeah, same. Ken's just like, yeah, sounds great. Let's go. Okay. All right. Well, with that, she's going to lead you um, back out of this chamber and uh, through another gap in the wall. And from there, you can see the next island. Um, and it's much larger than this first one. Um, and it looks like most of it is covered with trees. Um, it's pretty like heavily forested, um, except that, uh, off in the distance, you can see sort of like rising up beyond the trees. There's like, uh, an even larger tower than the first one you came through. Uh, maybe like the partial crumbling walls of a, of a pretty large tower, um, that's rising up behind the trees. And there's another series of rope bridges that sort of lead from like, uh, like maybe like little mini island to mini island, uh, to get closer to this second one. Um, but when you reach the end of it, um, there is actually no rope bridge leading up to this second island. Um, uh, Virginia, uh, looks at you and she says, so we actually weren't able to secure a rope bridge going up to this second island. We didn't want whatever was there to be able to too easily uh, come back and maybe attack any of the employees who were still working on the first island. Um, so to get up here, uh, she sort of gestures. Um, and you can see that there are some of the roots from these trees are sort of hanging down. Yeah, she like backs up a few feet and sort of then like takes a running start and she jumps and grabs a hold of the tree roots and she starts climbing up. Ooh, Flower's not thrilled about this. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to need you guys to make me uh, athletics checks uh, to see how well you guys are able to grab hold of these tree roots and climb up. You want Caden to do athletics? Um, I'm going to say... Yes, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna set the DC a little lower for you. Yours will just be how well you can climb up the vines once you reach them, because I know you can use gust to propel yourself towards them. It's okay. I rolled a natty twenty. <laughs> oh, natty twenty! Oh man, you—it's like you got wings. Like you just, your air magic is so good. You just sort of like float. <laughs> Our listeners will never believe me. No, man, like, sometimes that happens. Like, natty 20s come and they go. Like, some days you just have really good luck. My dice sometimes roll like fire. People will think that I'm fudging my rolls, too. But I'm not, I swear. I got a 15. Yay. I rolled a 10. Okay, everybody uh, grabs onto the vines. Uh, but Athanasius, as you grab onto the vines, you you don't maybe get as good of a grip as you would like. Uh, it's like, oh, man. You know what it's like? It's like that guy in American Ninja Warrior. Your grip starts to slip. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so um, one of the others can help you uh, if they can think of a way to do so. I'm throwing out my big old tail for him and try to wrap him up. Okay. Do you, do you grab, you can reach out and grab hold of uh, Flower's tail. 
Uh, but then, Flower, I'm going to want you to make a strength check to see how well you can sort of support both your weight and uh, Athanasius's. Yeah, all right. Oh, good. Um, 21. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, just as Athens' uh, grip starts to fail, and he's maybe going to um, uh, fail American Ninja Warrior style, uh, you reach out your tail, and uh, he grabs it, and then uh, you, with a heroic effort and like all four of your very manly, muscly arms, you're just like, rippling in the sun oh yeah yeah like yeah i'm enjoying the shit out of this (laughs) of course you are god (laughs) you intentionally started slipping (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah you did it on purpose right Uh, as we started our penetration your penetration has begun uh and in fact you guys pull yourself up uh into sort of the mouth of a tunnel uh, that is sort of between some of these large uh, tree roots. You guys find yourself at the mouth of a wide earthen tunnel uh, that's leading into the side of this island. Um, and inside it's pitch black. Um, Virginia kind of made it to the top, looked to make sure you, you guys weren't like, you know, falling to your uh, untimely deaths. Um, but once she sees that you guys are all safe and you guys are all up there, she uh, lights a torch because... <laughs> Even though this is 5th edition, and pretty much everybody in 5th edition has dark vision, you guys don't? All four of us. None of us have well, dark vision? No, actually, Virtinia does have dark vision. Uh, because she oh, is, right. Yeah, she's a half-elf. Yeah. Um, but she's she's lighting the torch for you guys' benefit. Yeah. Somehow, Dragonborn... I do have, I do have heat vision, so keep that you in do. mind. You do. You do, and I, I will keep that in mind. That sounds OP. Um, it's actually not as good as dark vision because she can only sense things that give off heat. Yes, it's not so that OP. You can walk right into a trap. All right, I'm just uh-huh. imagining like thermal vision versus night vision. And thermal um, is so much more useful for picking out things. It's only up to 30 feet as well, so. Yeah. I'm pretty limited. I mean, here's the thing. It's a little better than just plain dark vision in that it would allow her to see things that were hiding maybe behind right light yeah, cover, yeah. Like thermal grass. vision is like super awesome for finding like people but it's terrible if yes. you're trying to navigate terrain right so it has like in one way it's better than dark vision and in another way it's not quite as good as dark vision because she won't see like a stone golem or whatever that's waiting to ambush you because it doesn't have a heat signature but if there's an enemy hiding in some tall grass then if you had dark vision, you might not see him, but uh, Flower will be able to. So it's kind of a trade-off. Um, so yeah, uh, Virginia lights this torch, and uh, she's going to start walking into this tunnel. Um, she has a torch in one hand, and she has unsheathed her sword in the other. Uh, and she tells you guys to uh, make sure you guys are on the alert. Flower will sort of catch his breath, get his machete loose, and... Um... He's going to try to use his divine sense and sense um, what's sort of going on within 60 feet of him. Oh, okay. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Because, so, um, we have homebrewed uh, Flower's divine sense a little bit uh, to sort of meet the needs and specifications of this particular world and campaign. And uh, 
flower your divine sense instead of allowing you necessarily to sense uh, the presence of good and evil actually allows you to sense things that have uh, been affected by the calamity in some way. Yes. And yes. And flower, uh, when you open your divine sense, um, you actually are momentarily almost overwhelmed by, by what you feel. Um, there's magic all around you, uh, in the air, in the earth, in pretty much everything. Every part of these ruins is suffused with magic. And it's the type of magic that um, you have been able to sense since the Calamity. Not, um, as a paladin, you have the, the detect magic spell. Um, but when you use that spell, um, you... I don't have magic at level one. Oh Flower my gosh, that's right. doesn't realize that he even has magic. He doesn't think he does. Oh my god. When do you, wait, when do you get, when do paladins start to be able to cast spells? Level two. Level two. Oh my god. Well, that's going to be a really fun surprise for you. Oh boy, will it ever. Never mind, you can't cast Detect Magic, so this is totally new for you. Uh, so I'm not sure if you've even ever sensed what a normal spell feels like, um, but this magic feels um, shifting, and it's almost like feeling currents of air or eddies in a river. Um, when you reach out and you sense this magic, and it is literally everywhere, all around you. What, uh, what's the range on that? 60 feet. Yeah, so uh, you sense something pretty interesting. You had sensed before uh, that your two companions had also been touched uh, by the Calamity in some way. Um, you actually sense that... All three of your companions are also uh, giving off this Britannia energy. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not sure if you would be aware right away, just because the like the the whole environment you're in is so magical. Um, I'm not sure if you would be a hundred percent certain that you were getting a separate reading from her, but you definitely sense everything magic everywhere oh boy oh so yeah flower just starts like sneezing uncontrollably <laughs> sneezing i love it and then and then he's like guys this whole thing is magic and then i say like in a slightly lower voice but it's like echoey in this cave probably tunnel yeah I'm like and i think virginia might be magic too um when you say that you see her freeze for the most imperceptible fraction of a second. But she pretends she didn't hear you. She didn't hear us, guys. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she keeps walking on ahead into the tunnel. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you see her pause just for that barest fraction of a second um, as she hears what you say. Um, but you're having a sneezing fit. Um, so yeah. Maybe she was just reacting to your sneezing. Yeah, so you guys go into this tunnel. Uh, it's surprisingly wide for a tunnel. Um, like, like two people can walk abreast in it, and like, are you saying we can double penetrate? You can go for double penetration. You might even, because Caden is small, you might even be able to go for triple penetration. 
Oh, shit. I know. Oh, shit. Uh, the walls uh, are pretty rough. They're just made of, like, compacted earth. Uh, there's no torches in here no struts or supports or anything so uh you guys aren't sure if the company dug out these tunnels or whether they were here naturally caden's definitely 15 feet behind the rest of the group oh okay i was gonna say yeah why don't you guys tell me uh sort of what order you guys are in Virginia's going first i'll be right up there with her right behind her okay i i think Athens is behind them, but he also really likes staring at Flower's butt, so. You know, here's the interesting thing. I'm not sure Flower has, like, a defined butt. He he really doesn't. No. No. Well, I enjoy watching the rippling muscles in his tail. Though. Okay, that's fair. All right. Um, the tunnel that you're in sort of twists and turns uh, back and forth for a ways. And then eventually, um, it suddenly widens out into a larger cavern. Uh, the ceiling's fairly low, um, but it's pretty big. So even though Virginia's got a torch, um, the torch doesn't fully illuminate all the corners of this chamber. Um, but it does illuminate something that's sort of right by you right away. Um, right away, you notice that there are a cluster of these large, pale, sort of slimy-looking spheres uh sort of for lack of a better term uh, there's f- kind of five of them they're all clustered up together um they look really like sort of squishy and they're giving off this sort of weird pulsing glowing light it doesn't really help illuminate the cavern much it's just sort of this soft eerie glow and they are quite large um each one like is about as tall as athanasius is so they're big these big squishy spheres yeah for reference i'm about six and a half feet tall oh okay maybe they're not quite that big maybe they come up to like your the top of your chest still some some big things yeah they're still pretty big i i I would say maybe they're like five feet tall but yeah how big i'm not counting your crest okay you're like six feet tall with like half a foot of crest oh how how big is the room about uh, you don't know because you can't see uh, the edges of it yet. Well, yeah. So I I want to go up to Virginia and ask her for the torch real fast. Um, She kind of looks at you uh, and I think maybe she hands you a second torch and lights it from the first one. <laughs> Just pulls one out of nowhere. Here's another one. Okay. Well, she has more torches in her pack. Uh, you all do, actually, because you, you all have those uh, company-issue packs that you bought that cost way too much money. So he just, uh, Athens just kind of shrugs and uh, takes the torch and casts Thaumaturgy on it. Uh, interesting. Thaumaturgy lets you do some very specific things. Yep, one of them is to cause flames to grow brighter. Oh, nice job, man. Okay. But it doesn't say how much brighter or how much more range you have. It just says you can make them be brighter. Hmm. Does anybody... Oh my gosh. I didn't even... I wasn't even thinking about looking this up ahead of time. Does anybody know how much illumination a torch casts? Is it bright light 30 feet, dim light 60 feet? Probably. That sounds right. I think that's correct. So why don't we say that you increase that by... 50% 50% with thaumaturgy. So now it's bright light out to 45 feet and dim light to 90. I, can we see the whole room? 
Uh, you still cannot see the entire room, but you can see more of it. Um, so you take this torch, uh, from, as Virginia hands it to you, she lights it from her own, and then, uh, as it, as you take it, it sort of grows brighter in your hands, and there's a sort of flare of light that spreads out from you, and as it does, uh, you see several things all at once. Um, you see, uh, the sort of back wall, uh, that's sort of... Uh, it's always a little hard to describe. You guys came in maybe at the bottom of the room, and now you can see you were closer to the right-hand wall, and the left-hand wall sort of receded away from you. Uh, you can see that now, and uh, you can see a sort of uh, pile of what looks like uh, some skeletons uh, and maybe some uh, other stuff like whatever clothes skeletons were wearing and maybe some armor and uh you also see uh three dark shapes sort of uncurl uh from the shadows these three enormous centipedes um they're black uh they've got all these scuttling legs um each one is about as big as athanasius is um, and so, yeah, each one's maybe, like, six feet long. These are big centipedes. Um, and as your light hits them, uh, they sort of all turn and look in your direction. And, uh, as they do, they sort of shriek. Um, and the same pulsing light that is coming from those glowing spheres, you see sort of, like, ripple in the, uh... Uh, gaps between the plates of their exoskeletons and uh they all of a sudden run straight at you and you guys need to roll for initiative before i roll for initiative as um as they start charging towards me i throw the torch into the middle of the room and draw my my shield and my axe okay yeah that's fine yeah, nice, nice job with the uh, light, because they were going to try to get the jump on you, uh, but they did not, thanks to your handy uh, use of increased illumination. Yeah, something about people being attacked in the dark. Yeah, you know, kind of, a, kind of a giveaway, maybe right? Maybe we shouldn't let the cavern be dark. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, Athens rolled a 13. Flower got a 14. All right. One of the centipedes is very quick to react. Um, it may have already been uh, aware of your presence as you walked into the room and like starting to sneak up on you. Uh, and it goes straight for you guys. So uh, describe to me kind of like how you're standing. Uh, I think Vertini and Flower are definitely up front with their uh, weapons drawn. Uh, Athanasius, you said you, you pulled out your shield. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Virtinia dropped the torch too, um, so that she has her other hand free in case she needs it. Uh, shit. <laughs> Kevin. Oh no. Uh. I fucking hate you so much. Fuck. I hate it. I hate it when I crit against you guys. Um. You can still roll ones on damage. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping, right? All right, it goes straight for you, Athanasius. Okay, so first off, it hits you for nine piercing damage. Uh-huh. And then you need to make a constitution saving throw. Twelve. Okay, you actually save against the poison. Uh, you only take five poison damage. 
Yeah, too bad. I was at one fucking health from the piercing damage. Shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, because unfortunately, when this poison reduces you to zero hit points, you are stable, so you do not have to make death saving throws. Um, but you are poisoned for one hour, uh, so you suffer from the poisoned condition. And while you are suffering from the poisoned condition, you are paralyzed. There's still hope. There is hope. Okay, uh, next up is Flower. Okay, well, I'm charging for that thing that just felled my friend, and I'm going to chop its head off. All right. Giant bone machete. Do it. Uh, 16. Uh, that hits. Hurrah. Um, and seven slashing damage. All right, yeah, you you run right up to it and you just score a deep gash into it, uh, maybe like between the um, between its head and like the next section of its body where there's kind of like an exposed place. And some of this like gushing, like uh, silvery white blood icker stuff uh, that sort of glows with that same weird light comes like gushing out. Um, and the centipede, um, which had its jaws, like, latched around, uh, Athens, like, chest, uh, kind of screams and, and lets go of him and reels back a little bit. I scream right back at him. My big old mouth. Yeah, your big old scary snake teeth. Uh, Athanasius would be next, um, but he doesn't even have to make death saving throws, so. And next after that is Vertinia. Uh, she tosses her torch uh, to the ground, um, just like Athen did, and um, she has a long sword in one hand, and she's actually going to draw a short sword in her second hand, um, and she's going to run up, and uh, she's actually going to attack uh, one of the second centipedes that's coming straight for you guys, um, and leave the one that Flower is attacking to Flower. hey Let's say she runs up to uh, one of these second uh, centipedes and uh, she swings at it uh, with her long sword and it sort of like like twists out of the way. Uh, but Virtinia is very cunning and she's ready for it and it sort of twists right onto her uh, short sword and she plunges the blade deep in between two of its uh, body plates. Um, and again, that sort of shining ichor comes gushing out and it uh, screams. Virtinia went. Uh, now is that second centipede that uh, she just stabbed. Uh, so it's going to go for her. It meets. Uh, so yes, it does. Unfortunately. Wow, it rolled really well. Virtinia is wearing hella armor, by the way. All right. But she succeeds on her constitution saving throw. And all right. And she's, she's not uh, poisoned or paralyzed because it doesn't reduce her to zero hit points. How does she look? Aggravated that she was bitten by a scorpion, uh, or, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Centipede. Uh, Aggravated that she was bitten by a giant bug, but, um, pretty tough. Like I said, um, she, under her, um, uniform, you can see that, uh, she's, she's wearing some pretty, uh, intense armor. So, she seems like she's, she's fine. Uh, next up we have Caden. Woo! So are two of them, two of the centipedes within five feet of each other? Uh, yeah, definitely, because one of them is fighting Flower and one of them's fighting Vertinia, and they're kind of, Vertinia and Flower, I think, are kind of next to each other, and the centipedes, I think, are, are kind of both up on them. And then there's a third centipede that's a little further behind that hasn't come up on you guys yet. 
Okay, so so Caden's ready to bring out the guns. All right, go for it. So he, I'm just envisioning this. He like puts his hands together, and he as he draws them apart, like at his fingertips, there's like little cracklings of lightning in between Ooh. his fingertips. And at the same time, he like outstretches outstretches both of his hands, and like a wave of lightning that's like perpendicular to the fight. So like their their direction of travel is perpendicular. Yeah. And I want to hit two of the two of the centipedes with static arc, and they have to succeed a dexterity saving throw. Okay, the first one fails, and the second one fails too. Okay, well that's a six. Yay! Yeah. All right. So here's what happens. Caden, uh, you stretch out your sparky lightning fingers and a bolt of electricity uh, jumps in rapid succession from one centipede to the next. And uh, sort of like when something gets struck by lightning, it's sort of all like black and charred. And there's this burning smell as this lightning jumps uh, between these centipedes and instantly they both curl up uh, and and crumple to the ground, and they are dead. Flower's like, whoa! And he, like, looks around, and he sees Caden. He's like, did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of did. That was rad! Thanks. And last up is that third centipede, and who's it gonna go for? Athens again. Probably me, because (laughs) all of them go for me. No, it's not gonna go for you. Uh, It goes for Virginia, actually. Damn. It rolled exactly the same as the first one, which means it bites her too. She's not having a good day. And constitution saving throw. Oh, she fails that one. Bye-bye, Virginia. No, she's fine. Um, but this one, uh, this one really gets a nice, like, meaty chunk out of her arm. And she yells. Uh, and you can see, it's not great. You can actually see... Uh, and this happened with Athanasius too, that when the centipede actually like sinks its bite uh, into Virtinia and injects her with this poison, you can like see this, like her veins around the area turn this like glowing white, almost as if this centipede is like injecting her with this like glowing substance. And it looks really painful. Does not look nice. Uh, Athen too. Um, you can see the the wound uh, where he was bitten. Um, the area around it is is glowing with that that same sort of like the same light that's coming from the eggs. The same light that's coming from between the cracks in the centipede's exoskeletons, um, and seems to be in their venom as well. Okay, uh, back to the top of the order. Uh, the first centipede's dead. Second centipede's dead. Uh, and that brings us back around to Flower. All right. I'm going to try to to gut this last centipede thing. All right. And I got a natural one. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just whiff. Um, it's you, really hard. <laughs> yeah, you whiff, you whiff super hard. Like, I think may, maybe you, like, whack yourself on the head with your machete a little bit and it hurts. And everyone saw. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Um, and next would be Athen, but he is <laughs> unconscious and paralyzed. And next is Virtinia. Uh, and uh, she's real mad. Uh, so she's going to swing at the centipede that, that just bit her. There we go. So she takes her long sword, and this time, because it's right up on her... She's got like a clear 
like a clear uh, place to aim. And she just takes her longsword and just swipes this thing's head clean off. And it falls to the ground dead. Woo. Woo. You guys are officially out of combat. Hey, that was like you guys' like first actual fight. Because the only fight you had before was like the mock combat <laughs> where Caden cast Fog Cloud. So like, <laughs> and no one could really hurt you in that one. And, and so like, I, I feel like it almost didn't count. This is like your, this was like your first actual fight as a team. Oh boy, it went, it, it, it went. <laughs> it did, it did go, you know. The the centipedes are pretty squishy, but when they get you, they get you. I guess Caden runs over to them. Yeah. Um. So as as soon as she fells this this last centipede, I think Virginia's kind of panting and breathing a little heavily. Um. But she she sees that Athanasius is has been downed. Um. And she's she's gonna try to try to help uh, as best she can. Flower, is there anything you want to try to do? Um, yeah, I think I'm just gonna lay on hands him, but just the hit points. Like, I'll, I'll wait for him to work the, the venom out of his system. Okay. Um, and let's see. Yeah, just close up that, that bite wound and give him, like, four. <laughs> okay. All right, as you do so, um, you notice that his wound closes, like, the skin knits back together, um, you know, maybe not totally as if it never was he still looks a little bit beat up but um unfortunately that sort of glowing ichor that got injected into his bloodstream is still there under his skin um and you can you can still sort of see it glowing uh, in his veins all right and if i put like the last um lay on hands into virginia just trying to like you know help that help her out a little bit is that the same thing she sort of, if you go over t- to do that, she she sort of waves you off. She's like, "I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm I'm tougher than I look." She would uh, she would encourage you to to try to heal uh, Athanasius as, as you know as much as possible. Not worry about her. Um, she's much more worried about him, since um, uh, even though you restore him to consciousness, uh, Athanasius is still paralyzed. So um, I think maybe you can sort of like move your eyes a little bit. <laughs> and look around but like you like can't really blink or even like move at all so you're breathing and your heart's beating but that's like kind of it i, th- I think we found what might have killed the other uh, scout parties That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com, and you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Cloud. Our theme music is by Adhesive Wombat. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for all his help and advice. I literally couldn't have done this without you. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us again next week on Tales from the Table.